Hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy, the RPG Academy podcast Twitch channel. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight for another of our sample adventures. And this is where we take a test drive through a system that we've never played before using the suggested included sample adventure in the core book, if it has one. Uh, the game we're playing tonight is called Brindlewood Bay. Uh, it is a fairly new game. It is part of the Gauntlet Network. I don't exactly know the specifics of where that, maybe Brown will cover that for us in a minute. But it's basically Murder, She Wrote, Cross with Golden Girls, with a little bit of Call of Cthulhu mixed in there, uh, which I have to say sounds amazing. So I am very, very excited to get started. So just a reminder here at the RPG Academy that, you know, we believe that if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Um, and if this is your first time here, hopefully you'll stick around and check out some of the other things we do. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be playing Flo Shell Rogers, aka Flo. I sort of embody the personality of Dorothy from Golden Girls. I'm more of a deadpan, straight-laced sort of uh, character. And in my off time, when I'm not solving murders... I like to bake. Joining us tonight is Kevin from um, Game Night Heroes. Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself. You can drop plugs quickly if you would like, and then tell us who you're playing, please. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I'm Kevin. I can be found online at Kevran Games and all the socials. I am the host of the Game Night Heroes podcast, which plays cool, fun games like this. Tonight, I'm happy to be playing Agnes McGuffin, who is the uh, free spirit, hippy-dippy type. She loves collecting magnets because she wants the world to be aligned the way it needs to be. So she's happy to be here with her two besties. So let's let's do it, gals. Let's do it. (laughs) Excellent. All right. And joining us tonight also is Chris. Chris, say hello to everyone. You can feel free to plug yourself and your socials here and then tell us a little bit about the character you're playing. Hi, hi everyone. Uh, I'm Chris. Uh, you, you can find me uh, at uh, sky underscore writer 19. Um, don't have anything really to plug. So uh, tonight I'll be playing uh, Lillian Lily Montgomery. She a little bit of the quieter uh, of the of the group that uh, just kind of takes everything in and just kind of tries to live in the moment a bit uh, and in her uh, off time uh, she likes to go uh, out uh, antiquing and uh, just finding various like hidden gems uh, in uh, places excellent and then rounding out our crew tonight is brian brian will be playing our keeper this evening which is the title for the game master for this game so brian please introduce yourself again you can plug any of your socials or anything you would like and then tell us a little bit about the game and then just kind of lead into it like we were playing anywhere any convention sort of place absolutely so i'm brian kurtz um you can find me on my handle at brian bpk and i'm very excited to be presenting this game tonight. So this game, um, Brindlewood Bay, was written by Jason Cordova. He um, is a game designer and the founder of the Gauntlet Network. Um, And um, he uh, has um, taken uh, the uh, Powered by the Apocalypse engine. So if people are familiar with a a game that's called Apocalypse World that was um, created by Vincent and McGay Baker, um, that game has been adapted and the overall mechanics and um, devices like playbooks, which are like character sheets, um, into many, many different kinds of games. Um, and so Jason has kind of built on that and, and integrated, I think, a, a fairly um, novel uh, 
uh, addition to um, to make for a, a new spin on mystery stories. And so Brindlewood Bay is the uh, is the kind of the first game that he's got with that uses this uh, style of mechanics. But he's got several others. Uh, the Between is one that he's actively sort of uh, producing and working on right now as well. This game is available on Drive Through RPG if you want to go find the PDF. The um, there was a Kickstarter and the physical books for this game are not out yet, but likely will be within the next couple of months. Um, I backed that one. I'm waiting for it excitedly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so with that, I will go ahead um, and, and jump in. What we normally do at this point is kind of have everyone go around and give your name and pronouns. Um, I'll just go ahead and do that for completeness sake um, and also so that we can include that um, piece as well. So I'm Brian Kurtz. Um, my pronouns are he, him. Michael. So I'm Michael. My pronouns are he, him. My character's pronouns would be she, her. Mm-hmm. I'm Kevin, and my pronouns are also he, him. My character's pronouns are also she, her. So that's on a trend. Yeah. And continuing it, Chris, uh, pronouns he, him, and uh, Lily's pronouns are she, her. All right. Very good. Now, um, uh, the next recommended step is called CATS. So CATS is an acronym um, for approaching a, a role-playing game that you're preparing to play that was created by Patrick O'Leary. It stands for concept, aim, tone, and subject matter. And the purpose of CATS is basically to establish some basic expectation for what's the game about, uh, what we're going to be doing during the first session. So the concept, uh, Brindlewood Bay is a role-playing game about a group of elderly women who are members of the local Murder Mavens Mystery Book Club who frequently find themselves investigating and sometimes solving actual murder mysteries. Um, And they become increasingly aware that there are supernatural forces that connect the cases that they're working on. And in particular, there's this dark cult that will come to sort of uh, loom over them. And the game is directly inspired by the television show Murder, She Wrote, but also lots of other uh, influences cosmic horror, uh, mystery books, cozy crime do- dramas, American TV shows of all kinds from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So there's like a lot of different things that are thrown in there. Uh, the aim of the characters in the story is to keep their community safe by investigating the murders taking place there. Our aim as players is to learn more about these characters and also to kind of paint a vivid picture of the town of Brindlewood Bay. And that is a responsibility that that we all share. Um, the aim for today's session specifically is uh, to create and introduce our characters to learn the basics of how game the game works by playing it. Um, and to demo the game, of course, for anyone who's watching or listens to us playing. The tone, um, the tone of this game actually bounces between cozy and creepy. And most of the time, it's going to be pretty lighthearted, but occasionally there's going to be a few dark or menacing pieces. There's definitely room for kitschy, campy humor. Um, That's totally in keeping with inspirations for the game. But uh, this part is actually kind of important. Your characters should take everything they do very seriously, even if we are kind of joking around and and having fun as we're, we're playing it. So um, subject matter, I mentioned the game's pretty lighthearted, but there's some intense subject matter that can come up sort of baked into the game, Brindlewood Bay as a whole, 
It's certainly going to include murder in many different forms, threats to animals and children, ritual magic, human sacrifice, and some other dark subject matter. Um, so those can come up from time to time. Um, but that's a good entree into our next uh, piece, which is to talk about safety tools. So no game is more important than the people who are playing it. We're going to try and tell the best story that we can, and we're going to do it in a way that respects everyone's boundaries of safety and consent. And during our game, we're going to be using three main safety tools, open door policy, X card, and lines and veils. Uh, the open door policy is that you can leave the game for any reason, and you don't have to explain yourself. Just let us know you have to go. No one is going to ask any questions about it. The X card um, is something that can be used uh, in the game if something that comes up makes you feel uncomfortable in an unfun way. And you just need to indicate to me that you're invoking the X card and we will stop play in order to change whatever just happened in the game. And as the keeper, I might ask for clarification on what's being X carded, but I'll never ask why. And then we'll resume play once we make that change. We're also using lines and veils. Lines are something that we have decided we're not going to have in the game at all, period. And veils are things that we're okay with being in the game, but we don't want to role play them or we just want to keep them off screen. And so importantly, I've listed a few things that dark subject matter that could come up, but it's still fair uh, game for us to make lines and veils that rule those things out. Um, for example, I mentioned threats to animals and children. Those are common items that come up in lines and veils. And in fact, they, they will come up tonight. So as it happens, I reached out to the other three players ahead of the game. We created a list of lines and veils. And those are that sexual violence and torture by player characters is the line. So that means those things won't at all be in our game. And then veils um, are animal abuse or other harm to animals, harm to children, suicide, and any sexual content at all. Um, so those are things that would not be directly depicted in the game. And then if there are other important lines and veils that haven't yet been verbalized or that you realize as we're playing, please find a way to let me know so that we can plan for that. Um, so now we're going to move on to character creation. And we've already sort of started this process a little bit before. But um, if you were playing this game, you could start here without having done any preparation at all. I just wanted to streamline it a little bit for the uh, stream. Um, and so... Um, I want to tell you before we uh, design the characters um, a little bit more um, about some of the things that these women who are playing have in common. First of all, they all had a life before Brindlewood Bay. They had a career, they had a partner, um, and generally that partner is, you know, typically deceased. Although if you would prefer, we can play that um, they're simply estranged. Um and they may or may not have children. Pets also count there. Uh, you don't need to dwell on their backstory too much yet. We'll kind of discover some of that stuff as we're playing the game. But start to think about the basic details as you create your character. And that's something that our players have already done. At this point, we kind of pause here so that each player could pick a name, a fashion style, a cozy activity, which is like a hobby that the Maven uses to recharge. And then we pick to increase one of the five abilities that we that are um, part of the, the sort of stats for the game, increase one of them by plus one. And then we'd really review kind of the list of Maven moves and pick one. It doesn't take very long, but we came prepared. So let's jump right in and we'll go around the table and introduce them. So 
I'd like for each of you to please introduce your murder maven uh, by name again and tell me their style, their cozy activity, and also read to me their maven move. So let's start with Michael. All right. So again, I am playing Flo Shell, aka Flo Rogers. Uh, my style is Dorothy from Golden Girls. Uh, <laughs> my cozy activity is baking. And my maven move is the Jim Rockford. And that says, at the beginning of each session, the keeper will narrate an answering machine message that I have received. The message is always from the same unknown person, and they will always ask you to do some particular task, often unrelated to any active mystery. When you complete the task, whether in this current session or maybe in the future session, I get to mark XP, which is a version of this game is how you increase your stats and kind of level up sort of. The messages and tasks will get increasingly strange and disturbing the more marks that you have on the crown of the void, which I don't know what that is. Hopefully you'll explain it in a moment. Yes. And no two mavens can ever have this move at the same time. I would also like to clarify that I do have a husband who has gone missing, uh, uh. presumed dead, and that these phone calls started after they went away. I do not believe that my husband is the one leaving these messages because it doesn't sound like him. But I do think they are connected, which is my motivation for always doing them. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, how about Kevin? It's beautiful. Um, yeah. So I'm Kevin again. I'm playing Agnes McGuffin. She is, like I said, a free spirit. She has the hippy dippy style. So she's got free flowing outfits, very loose, very free. She's got long hair is undone, very curly. Uh, she maybe has uh, some Birkenstocks, maybe some sandals. We'll see. But uh, her cozy time activity when she's not hanging out with these ladies is she loves to collect magnets, whether they're plain magnets, magnets that you get in the tchotchke store that have, like, say, you know, welcome to Vegas on them with the weird you know graphic on the front. She loves it all. She's got... Uh, different sections of her house that have magnets attached to them, just on set, certain walls are just magnets galore. Um, her special Maven move is that she has the Angus MacGyver, uh, a little spoiler for whoever hasn't watched MacGyver all the way through, but uh, <laughs> um, whenever you improvise a situation using whatever is at hand, you ask the other players and the keeper to name three objects that you find in the environment around you. And as long as you can give a plausible explanation of how one or more of these objects will help you in the current situation, you can have an advantage on a single role related to that action. So she's a little bit of a uh, MacGyver, I guess you could say. Yes. Um, yes, indeed. And yes, she has actually never been married, but she has had previous partners in the past. She's a free spirit. She doesn't have time to be bogged down with all of that. But, uh, you know, she, she when she's not near the man she loves, she loves the man she's near. So, you know, she's, she's having fun. She's having fun. Go, Agnes. Yes. And Chris. I'm Chris. Uh, and um, Lily, Lily style is all the cardigans. Like they're uh, just very cozy, very sim- nice and simple. And her uh, cozy activity is antiques and furniture. Just she loves going down to the the market to just see what new things are ha, were brought in and she kind of has a good sense as to like what's what's authentic and what's um ju- like what she's looking for and her maven move is uh rick and aj i have a sibling who is your polar opposite in terms of fashion sense and personality describe them to the keeper and name them 
You can always request a scene with your sibling. You can also call on them for help, in, in which case you have an advantage on any die rolls for actions they assist you with. However, they always that help always comes at a cost. And her sibling, whereas Lily is very kind of calm and reserved, Ivy is pretty much the complete opposite. She she is she's loud, she's proud. She will get into all sorts of uh, trouble, but she uh, Lily Lily loves her nonetheless. Sounds and... great. I love that. I'm I am excited to see the different ways in which Lily and Ivy are going to um, to uh, be involved in our mystery. That's great. We're gonna go around again, and we're going to um, discuss a couple of other things about the Maven's backstory. So. Partners have already come up. You can just kind of refresh our memory about sort of partners. Um, tell us about um, your Maven's children, if there are any, and pets are perfectly fine to share here, um, and your career before you retired to Brindlewood Bay. So before we start with this, I want to alert everybody that after each person gives this information, the rest of us are going to name one object that can be found in that Maven's home in Brindlewood Bay. And that's going to be noted in a section of the character sheet call, called a cozy little place. It's a little bit like an equipment list. Those are things that are in your home, but if it makes sense for you to have it in a scene, you know, we'll rule that you can have it in the scene. And, you know, it may come in handy for some of the things that we're going to do. So um, starting with Flo, um, again, remind us of uh, partner, children, career, and then we'll, we'll fill in your cozy little place. So uh, my husband, who again, missing, presumed dead, was named Charles. I always affectionately called him Charlie. Since his disappearance, I have basically adopted a parakeet that I named Charlie. So I'm constantly talking. So that's, that would be my child. I have no actual children, at least none that are in the story. And my husband, Charles, was a travel writer. So we traveled the world and he just wrote about the different places that we went. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and, and start um, with something to add to your cozy little place. Okay. So um, it's an unpublished travel atlas. Okay. And this is something that Charles had been working on when uh, he disappeared. So it was never completed and published. But um, as you've kind of, you know, paged through it over the years, it reminds you of Charles as well as, you know, you can see that there's interesting little tidbits, not all of which you sort of understand. Okay. Kevin, anything you want to add to Flo's cozy little place? Flo's cozy place? I think that perhaps Flo has a collection of charlie's clothes so she has a bunch of different coats uh suits different things of this nature i think maybe charlie i, mean, I don't want to assume but maybe he was in sales or something so he's got lots of different suits and ties and hats and coats and all kinds of different things that she has a full closet of all right an extensive wardrobe great mm. love it chris i see you're thinking what what should we add to flo's cozy little place so quick question, is this contemporary? Like, is this set in yes. the 80s or uh, is this 2022, 2023? Yes, I think we can assume that it's roughly contemporary. Okay. Right. Okay. I was saying like a VHS camcorder, you know, something, mm-hmm. it was 80s, you know, but. Oh, and you, maybe because you travel a lot, you'd probably need, um, 
have like a collection of uh, CDs with like various uh, um, play, uh, mix, uh, mixes of uh, different like music to. So each destination, you... I I compiled a mixtape for. Yeah, to help like pass the time. Okay. Virtual travel jukebox. I love it. That sounds good. All right, um, Kevin, why don't you? Um... Uh, go for Agnes. Sure. Uh, Agnes, yeah, she's had, like I said, she's never been married, but she's had several partners that have been really important to her life. Uh, there was Sam. He was a butcher. He liked to uh, move around a lot. Of course, then there was David. He was really into his art. There was Frank, who was a little bit of a, uh, a wild free spirit as well. He didn't really hold down a job for too long, but her most recent partner was her beloved Stevie. Uh, Stevie was just great guy she was with him for a very long time um he's who she has her three children with and um her three kids could not be any different one is a free spirit like her another one is very serious and straight laced and the third one is just kind of aloof and doesn't really have time for mom uh as she's gone her own way so all right and so now uh the Brindlewood Bay is is on the Massachusetts coast. It's sort of within striking distance of Boston. Um, where are her three kids? Are they close to one another? Are they close to here? Yeah, I think um, I think her oldest child lives in Plymouth, which is a little bit further down the, the mm-hmm. shoreline as well. I think her son, who's the straight-laced one, lives over in Cape Cod. And I think her youngest child actually kind of matriculates a little bit between Connecticut uh, and different areas of Delaware, things like this, moves Got around it. a little bit. Very good. Anybody want to um, start populating Agnes's cozy little place? So is there, you know, other than just adding flavor, are these supposed to be things that could potentially come as like a beneficial thing? Like, oh, because I have this atlas, it could become useful, even if it's mysteries down the line. Like, is there a purpose behind this other than just add flavor, I'm asking? It's both. So, yes, I think that you can, um, depending on your... I guess how vexing you want it to be to other players, you can hand them something that they really have to be creative to figure out how to use, or you could uh, hand them something that is, um, you know, going to be self-evident sort of how it might be helpful, but yes, it absolutely can be, um, can be used um, to give you advantage on roles, which we'll get to. Okay. I have an idea, but I need to find a way to articulate it. So it doesn't sound weird. It's going to be weird anyways, but like not bad, weird, but good, weird. Okay. I'm just going to go for it. Absolutely. Feel free to veto this, but you're talking about um, Agnes is a bit of a free spirit. I feel like she has a collection of driver's licenses from all of her lovers. She basically steals them. They, they assume that they have lost them and they get them made, but she has one from every person who's been important to her. Wow. I love that. <laughs> Very cool. Chris, any ideas for Agnes's cozy little place? Michael kind of took a, like something along that line. So it's like, uh, crap, I got to think of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and if you want us to help you with suggestions, please let us know. If we start throwing them at you and you don't want them, let us know as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause I know this can be, you know, on the spot sort of stuff. Yeah. Cause I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. <laughs> so maybe. Something with the school, like maybe she has a, a you know a, a map of what what what's the university in Boston? 
MIT? Uh, a bunch of them, yeah. Okay. So you know, Boston University uh, and Boston College, bunch in Cambridge as well. So maybe something related to that if your kids went to school there. So maybe you just have like campus guides to all the places you did campus visits on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's in uh, uh, kind of campus guides from the various schools that your children went to. And the mugshot for the one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Agnes, at, so she was... She was alive in the 60s, I assume. Oh, yeah. She went to Woodstock. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Yeah, Yeah. she was around. I think she has some of the brown. She has a guitar. Okay. uh, That belonged to a famous musician. What musician is it? Oh, my goodness. What would fit her? Her music. Oh, my goodness. It's got to be like uh, Jerry Garcia or somebody, maybe. Uh, Somebody, you know, I don't know. Somebody who's another who's another free spirit here. Um. Mm-hmm. Janis Joplin, maybe uh, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi sure. Hendrix is always good. Yeah. Our question is, but, do they have that person's driver's license? Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. How'd I get this guitar? <laughs> right. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You don't have to decide that now, but you okay. might. We we might sort of come back to it. Chris, do you want us to tell us a few things? So um, we are again sort of uh, revisiting partner children the career before they retired to Brindlewood Bay, and then we'll populate Lily's cozy little place. Lily uh, did uh, marry someone for a couple of years. Um, John, it, it just didn't quite work out. So they, they ended up uh, separating on, like they always say, agreeable terms, but it's there, there's there's always... Creative differences. That's what. (laughs) Yes. She now lives with two cats um, Mm -hmm. uh, as uh, kind of uh, companions. Uh, uh, Sounds good. And I'll come back to you in a little bit to ask you maybe the names of the cats. Um, Yeah, thanks. (laughs) But um, Kevin, why don't you give us a suggestion for Lily's Cozy Little Place? Mm-hmm, sure. I think uh, Lily's uh, ex, I think maybe he was a little bit of a collector of uh, some, maybe some uh, military weaponry that he didn't really know how to use. So I think she actually has a like a uh, old like a Western uh, peacemaker type gun, like a revolver type gun mm-hmm. that she's never used it. It's in a case in the closet, but she has it. It's there. And she uses, she's going to threaten to use it for home security maybe sometimes. Sure. Sure. Michael, what do you think? So again, feel free to veto. I see Lily living in what used to be like a movie theater. Like a, it was a converted into like condos. I, I watch Smallville a lot. So I'm thinking of the apartment above the Talon. So I think you've got some vintage old, like real to real movies. Uh, maybe nothing like valuable, but just maybe even like a movie you particularly love, or maybe like the movie you and John saw on your first date. So you've got just a few original reel-to-reel movies. 30, I think it's a 35 millimeter. That's what we're looking for. Of various movies. Oh, I like that. And for the last addition to your cozy little place, I'm going to say um, that you enjoy certainly um, collecting and shopping for antiques and furniture. But one really interesting thing about you is that you actually restore uh, antiques and furniture as well. So you actually have a wonderfully um, 
uh, robust uh, carpenter's kit and uh, with many tools that you might use to um, in the restoring of the antiques that you buy. Okay. And there's a couple more tidbits to mention. Um, so even though this game is set uh, in a particular region of the United States, we're not really going to dwell on historical, cultural, geographic accuracy, all that stuff. We're going to okay. do our best to kind of represent the region, but we're not going to get too bogged down, and that's that's fine. Also, I want to point out that in the world of Brindlewood Bay, things like race, nationality, gender, ethnicity, sexuality, disability, and neurodivergence are not a social barrier. So that's how we'll be playing the game. Um, okay. So now we're going to um, move to a um, section of the uh, character sheet, or in our case, we're using a character keeper um, that has what are called end of session questions. So these are like little personal goals for you to accomplish during the session that will earn you extra uh, XP. And so if you take a look at the character keeper or the character sheet, you'll see that kind of the first little box on the end of session question is always um, checked. And then there are um, some other options. So what I want you to do is to each choose two additional end of session goals and either put a check by them or on your character sheet mark um, that those are end of session goals. Michael, are there any that are standing out to you? And you can uh, you can overlap. I think the second one secretly undermined the authority of a local official, very murder she wrote. Excellent. I don't Tom Excellent. Bosley. I don't remember his character name, the, the sheriff, the bumbling sheriff. So yep. yep. That's definitely one that sticks out to me. None of the others are screaming at me. If someone else wants to go, maybe I, that might inspire me. Well, I also liked that one, but uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's fine. You can both you can both market if you like. It's okay, not a problem. Yeah. I want to do that one, and I'm also want to do the one where I am. Did I dote on someone? I think that'd be a little. Mm-hmm. Fun That's great, Chris. Uh, any jumping out at you? Did you still show someone that you still got it? I don't, yep, I love that one. That's a great one. Yeah, and uh, did you share your wisdom with a young person? Great. And Michael, what did you settle on? Mm, I think I'll, I'll go with the share a memory of a late family member. Okay. I don't, I don't know who that is yet, but maybe I will by the time I need to know. Yeah, absolutely. While we're in here looking at the character sheets, I just want to mention that each of the players has um, chosen one of their abilities to increase by one. In Flo's case, her composure is increased by one. Agnes's, uh, it's her reason, and with Lily, it's her vitality. Um, And the way that these uh, function in the game is that um, when things come up that involve basically physical stuff, uh, that's vitality. Composure is uh, being able to remain calm. Reason is using your mental faculties. Presence is things like to either intimidate or uh, to um, like ingratiate. Um, And then sensitivity actually is sensitivity to the supernatural. Um, And that's something that um, would become more uh, relevant over multiple sessions of this game. We'll be just playing the one session um, this evening, but um, this would um, becomes more and more relevant as the, um, as the game progresses. Um, Okay. So, now we'll go ahead and, and kind of begin our session, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the moves um, as we start to use them. Uh, but um, 
we we have something um, that that needs to happen at the beginning. So Flo's Maven move, which is the Jim Rockford, um, has something that fires off at the beginning of a session. So we'll kind of resolve that now. And so uh, there's a couple of things. It basically involves there's a sort of mysterious message that's left on the answering machine. So I want to imagine if we're, if we're imagining this sort of as a as a TV show, we'll see Flo playing her her answering machine messages, and she's got two messages on the machine. So the first one is actually from. Well, first of all, um, I have to be carrying yes. groceries, and there has oh, to be absolutely. a French baguette sticking out of one of the paper bags, so that everyone watching knows that I've been grocery shopping. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And there's, there's some parsley sticking out as well, you know, just yep. for good measure. And I'll have eggs. Um, so I'll be I'll be like putting the groceries up as I'm listening to my messages. Right. Right. Beep. Um, <laughs> well, hello, Miss Miss Flochelle. It's Lionel. Uh, thanks for offering to help me with the tax forms for the shop. You know, you're just such a whiz with this stuff. And I find it also confusing. Would you possibly have any time in the next couple of days to stop by when the shop's open, maybe take a look at it? I got all the forms we're going to need. You are a lifesaver. Thank you kindly, Miss Flo. Okay, so you know that this message is from Lionel Edwards. Um, He is the owner of the Candlelight Bookseller, uh, which is where your book club meets and where you'll be starting the mystery in a few minutes. Um, and you have a, uh, you know, certainly a very cordial relationship with Lionel. What I would like to ask you now, Michael, is any NPC in Brindlewood Bay could be a suspect. And so I want you to tell me whether or not you want Lionel to be considered a suspect or not. Yeah, I think that could be interesting. We have a very friendly relationship and he counts on me. And then if I have to start suspecting them, that could be fun. Okay, very good. So why don't we, um, if you look at the Jamboard um, and you look at the second slide of the Jamboard, um, this is a cork board and um, I will be placing suspects and clues onto it. So I have placed on uh, this a little picture of Lionel and um, we can add to this as as the game goes on. So. The second is, it's kind of an obscured voice. Um, It's using one of those like speech digitizer voice concealer type things. And the voice um, says something to the effect of, I need you to take an envelope to the public library at Flindlewood Bay. So if you couldn't hear me because I had my hand over my face, The voice is instructing you to take an envelope to the public library at Brindlewood Bay, um, and it asks you further, um, it directs you to a specific stack where they want you to leave the envelope and then to come back the following day to pick up the contents of the envelope. Okay. So basically, I'm taking an empty envelope, and then we'll go back and pick it up a different day. Right, exactly. And I I have to believe that, again, my my understanding is I've had messages like this before. So I'm going to assume that Charlie, my my parakeet, recognizes the voice. And and Charlie always says something whenever he hears that voice. So it's like a thing in the background. I don't know what Charlie would say yet, though. I'll have to think on that. All right. Deep throat. (laughs) (laughs) 
Holly, what a mystery. <laughs> nice. That's good. Now I will be um, presenting. Um, sorry, we've got one more thing before we start the mystery, and that is cozy vignettes. So now each player is going to narrate basically a very short vignette. Uh, showing their maven, enjoying her life in Brindlewood Bay. Imagine how, you know, basically a TV show might demonstrate to its audience quickly a sense of who each maven is. You know, the scene should be light and breezy or warm and cozy and showing, you know, maven doing things like enjoying her hobbies, helping with a community project, working around her home, something like that. So let's start with Flo. All right, so uh, Flo is in her apartment, and there's some classical music playing lightly in the background. Charlie is out of his cage and sitting on like a little pedestal on the end of the kitchen counter. I'm in the midst of baking, and I have so I have like four or five different pans of like things that are in the process of either being baked or cooled. I also have two little stands. One is a murder mystery book. I'm sure whatever the current one we're reading is. The other is a cookbook. And I'm just sort of not like full out dancing or anything, but just sort of like, you know, step into the music a little bit. And I'll like, you know, read the recipe, make sure everything's going well, setting my timers and then flipping the book, feeding my parakeet like little morsels. I don't know if that's okay for parakeets. Let's assume that it's, it it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like little morsels of muffins or whatever. And just, Totally enjoying myself in my my little apartment. Uh, at, at some point, I probably will look glance over at that unpublished atlas and think of Charles. Like there'll, there'll be some indication that there's a presence looming that is that's not there. Their absence is looming, but that'll be subtle in the first episode. Of Perfect. Perfect. How about Lily? Lily kind of starts off. Uh, she's. Uh, in kind of her workshop, um, just working on a, uh, a restoring a bench that she had uh, previously found at the market and is, uh, trying to re, uh, re-varnish the, the wood as, um, in kind of in the background, one of her cats, uh, orange tabby citrus um is just kind of like batting at a uh a dangling piece of some like the wood scraps that you kind of like mm-hmm. uh, um uh, use sand just kind of playing with that uh, batting at that and just humming uh, to uh, to herself uh at the the theme of so, give me a 1990s uh movie soundtrack my heart will go on by Celine Dion from Titanic. Thank you. That works. <laughs> yeah. Houston. I feel like, I feel like I will always love you. Lily would oh, be jamming yes. to that yes. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> How about Agnes? I think when we open up, it is actually just outside the local preschool, and Agnes has her guitar, and she's singing with the children. Michael, row your boat ashore, and she's dancing with them. She's got them in a little Congo line. She's going. Some of them have maracas. Some of them are like scratching on like a thing, and they're just dancing around. Um, she looks up and she sees the preschool teacher, and he's a young guy. And by young guy, I mean he's in his mid forties, but she gives him a little bit of a sly wink. Well. Good to see you again, Teach. Kind of bebops around, just dances with the kids. And um, 
she actually moves over. There's like a little board in there that has those magnetic letters that kids can learn to spell stuff. And uh, she takes one. She's like, well, you know what they say that she moves two of them together. Opposites attract. And she just goes <laughs> about, you know, flirts a little bit while she's helping with the kids. And uh, eventually, you know, there's a there's a bell, a bell that rings and, oh, well, t- you know, time to go. And the kids are like, no, no, no. And then she's, you know, she dances with them for a little bit. And then she leaves and she uh, makes a point to sway on out of the room, catching the teacher's eye again. I like to think that Fantastic. on the on the magnet board, the letters have been formed to call me. Or, or yeah, you know, right. yes, yes, yes. There's a some there. subtle innocuous message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's excellent. Excellent. 